0: everybody. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the Rising Tide Leadership Podcast. Whether you are listening to this podcast or watching us on YouTube, we are so glad you're here. And we encourage you to download the show notes and follow along. My name is Amber Jordan. And as always, I am here with Dr. Michael David Morales, aka
1: Mo. Hey, what's going on, Amber? It's good to be here. And as always, I am excited to be talking about leadership. So let's get to it.
0: Well, I'm gonna start us off by taking us way back to 1987. So long before Patrick Dempsey was McDreamy on Grey's Anatomy, he was Ronald Miller from Can't Buy Me Love. And I know you know this movie, but Ronald Miller was a nerdy high school student who couldn't get a date until he came across the perfect opportunity So the most popular girl in school steals her mom's white suede outfit, wears it to a party and spills wine all over it. So she needs $1,000 to replace it. So in comes Ronald Miller with his lawn mowing money and he says, I will give you the money if you agree to date me, thereby making him popular and it totally works. Now, not all the problems were solved because, of course, there was some drama and some heartbreak and angst, but eventually they found true love and they rode off into the sunset on his lawnmower. Now, I wish that every problem in life could be solved like an 80s teen movie, but much to my disappointment, it cannot. But I thought it was a great example of creative problem solving and... Rising to the Challenge. So we titled our episode today, Effective Leaders Rise to the Challenge. So Mo, why don't you tell us what Ronald Miller did right and why it's so important for leaders to rise to the challenge and what's the first thing that they need to do to do that?
1: Wow. Well, let me first, before we even get to that, Ronald Miller is like every young boy's hero from the 80s, right? and he did everything right. You know, he worked hard and he showed the rest of us mere mortals that you can get the girl if he just work hard enough. So, um, I mean, and to your point, I think every problem in life really can be solved uh, via an 80s movie. So if you haven't read those uh, or seen those 80s movies, you need to just start, uh, you know, looking at those and, and uh, watching them. So, Um, but you know, I I love what we're talking about today, Amber effective leaders. They do, they rise to the challenge. They love the challenge. They take on the challenge. And I know Amber that on the Enneagram spectrum, you are a challenger. You love the challenge. You love to be challenged. And so I think all of us as leaders, those of us who are not on the Enneagram spectrum as an eight, like you as a challenger, I think we all do enjoy the challenge. I mean, that's what leaders are all about. And so the first thing that we need to do, if we wanna be effective leaders that rise to the challenge is we need to do this. Effective leaders anticipate problems. And let me tell you, anticipating problems has gotta be one of the most important things that a leader can do. This is where leaders make their money. Anybody can see a problem once it's there. I mean, once the fires started, it's there, right? Everybody looks at it and says, hey, there's a fire but leaders anticipate the problems before they come. Now, it doesn't necessarily mean that they have to know exactly what to do like right then and there, but they do need to know when these problems are on the way. They need to anticipate what's coming. Amber, I meet so many leaders who don't like problems. And I'm thinking to myself, why are, <laughs> why are you even in leadership? Because if you don't like problems, and I'm telling you this right now, you're in the wrong business. Leadership is about problems. It's about tackling the hard things. And so that's what leaders do. We solve problems. And again, it's not about making the right decisions right away because you're going to make some bad decisions out there, leaders, and it's okay. And when you make those bad decisions, you gotta own up to it. But we need to know what we're going to face. We need to anticipate what's coming. And leaders, you, by anticipating these problems, will put your people in the best position to make what we like to call here at rising tide correct directional decisions
0: well i was listening to the andy stanley leadership podcast the other day and he had patrick Lencioni on as his guest and patrick as you know is the author of the five dysfunctions of a team and several other relational team management books and he said this he said if you are asking the wrong questions you will be solving the wrong problems and I thought to myself, I, automatically all the things that I've been thinking about and problems that I've been working on started going through my mind. I think, have I been asking the right questions about these? And you know, if not, have I been solving the wrong problems? So you'd mentioned that leaders need to put their people in a position to make the right correctional or correct directional decisions so how important is asking the right question and what would you say to somebody who um, has been asking the wrong questions about their problem
1: well i think most of us have been in the place where we have asked the wrong questions but that's what leadership growth is all about it's about kind of failing forward as John Maxwell would say. And again, um, that's our first book of the day that we're mentioning is Failing Forward by John Maxwell. Really teaches leaders to understand that you don't win some and you lose some. Maxwell always says you win some and you learn some. And so leaders, don't be afraid to fail. Don't be afraid to ask those questions. But here's the first thing, Amber. Are you asking questions as a leader? I I remember when you and I would sit down when we first started uh, investing in, in, into your company and to your leaders, and I said Amber, what are the questions that you're asking your leaders? And I remember we kind of we took several weeks to go through that, and you said, well, Mo, how do I know that I'm asking the right questions? And I said, well, first of all, you need to ask the questions. And I remember you saying, well, what if I asked the wrong questions? And I said, that's great. Because even if you're asking the wrong questions, you're still asking questions. Stephen Covey says this, he says, to paraphrase Peter Drucker, effective people are not problem minded, they're opportunity minded. And I remember that was the first thing that you and I really did to make sure that you were asking the right questions. We talked about are you giving your leaders an opportunity are you putting them in the right position to win and leaders you might be asking well so mo what should i be looking for first if you don't know where to look here's where you look you always look towards attitude first one of my another one of my favorite books amber here we go it's a book called attitude is everything and i'm telling you If you focus on attitude and try to at least get people going in the right direction and have the right frame of mind, man, you are gonna make better decisions. You're gonna start asking better questions. And so when we have the right attitude, we may not be completely ready, but we can be resilient and we're all gonna get knocked down. Right. But I, I, I can't remember who says the quote, but it says, if you get knocked down five times, you need to make sure that you get up six. And so Amber, we need to put our people and ourselves in a position to make good decisions. And then once we make those good decisions, like John Maxwell says, then it's time to manage those good decisions because that's what leaders do.
0: Well, and you say, put your people in the position for them to make good decisions, not put them in the position so that you can make all the decision f- decisions for them, which I think is, uh, again, when you and I sat down first, it, it was the problem or the area that I was struggling in the most because I was trying to have all of the answers and make all of the decisions because I thought that that's what I needed to do to be a good leader for them. And when I realized that asking them questions so that they can make the decision was the best thing that I could do for them. Again, it builds that confidence and that good attitude in them because they realize when I give them the opportunity and ask them the right questions, they realize Oh, I can come up with the answer. It's often an answer that they were already leaning towards or moving towards anyways. They just needed help with the right question to kind of push them in that direction. But when I come in with all of the answers, then begrudgingly they're trying to do it. But when I just present opportunities for them to come up with the solutions or the answers to the decisions that they're making, then they can come in wholeheartedly enthusiastic and hey, maybe we don't always get it right, but we've at least grown in learning how to ask the questions and make the decisions. And so that when I when I started to do that, when I started to show up without all of the answers and simply ask better questions, it was really groundbreaking and, and changing for our team.
1: Well, and Amber, remember when we were talking about, you said, well, what happens if I have the wrong answer? And I was like, why are you giving your leaders answers anyway? Don't give them the answer. In fact, most people, when they ask you a question, leaders, if you're listening, you need to know this. Nobody cares about your great wisdom. Nobody wants your answer. (laughs) They want you to answer them the way that they want to be answered. So, Why even give them answers at all? That's why you ask good questions. That's why you anticipate these problems because you know your people are gonna come to you with these questions and the best thing to do is just get right back to them with a question and help them solve their own problems. They already know what they wanna do. And if you help them to do that, it's gonna make them a stronger leader. And then Amber, like your staff, they started getting really confident. And they all of a sudden didn't come to you for all the answers, right? They were coming to you and they were saying, Amber, this is what was going on. And this is how I dealt with, what do you think? And then they were asking the good questions.
0: Okay, Mo, so after leaders anticipate the problem, what's next?
1: Well, after you anticipate the problem, this is what effective leaders do. Effective leaders accept reality. Now I know way too many leaders that put on the rose colored glasses and they act like everything's going all right. And usually Amber, the reason that they're doing that is because they know that they screwed up and they don't want anybody to know. And so they, just, they have to act like things are okay, right? But in fact, you can tell when things get worse because leaders just keep saying, well, you know, we don't need to change anything. And you're thinking, yeah, we do. Because remember your team knows when things are going good. They know when things are going bad. And leaders really aren't fooling anybody. They're only really fooling themselves. So the problem is that this kind of attitude ends up affecting the people that they're leading. It affects the people in their leadership purview, meaning this, all of a sudden, these people are thinking that everyone around them is crazy. When in reality, it's not your people that are crazy. It's you that is crazy as a leader. And you need to, you need to get back on track. In fact, I love in, in one of Andy Stanley's books, this is what he says. He says, you need, to, you need to pick up the rock and you need to pull it back and you need to look at all the squiggly things underneath. But that's only the first part because after that, you have to have this sense as a leader not to put that rock back down and say, I guess everything's okay and forget all about it because those 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 problems don't go away. In fact, it's like the little girl who is in the middle of the street playing hide and go seek with, with her big brothers and sisters, right? And she says, if I just cover my eyes, nobody can see me. And leaders, everybody can see the problems. And everybody knows that it's your problem. And you know why they're not saying anything? Because they're afraid that you're gonna fire them or you're gonna demote them or, or, or take them out of the process. But believe me, they see it. They don't forget. So. Don't put your head in the sand. Instead, start tackling those problems.
0: Sometimes, Mo, you lift up the rock and the sheer volume of squiggly things that you see, it can be overwhelming, especially if you're someone like me who has strategic as one of my top strengths or maybe connectedness. You you lift up that rock because you sincerely want to see what's under there. And then you see all of these things that have to be addressed. And you can look at one and then, you know, I can see all of the things that that is connected to. And if I address this, then this, this, and this will happen. Oh, maybe I should address this one. Oh, but then if I pick this one, this, this, and this. And then before you know it, it's just like, I don't know where to start because they all seem important. And every decision has a, a repercussion. And so it's like, Sometimes it can just be overwhelming. So what would you say to somebody who sincerely wants to lift up the rock, but when they do, or maybe right now they found themselves in a situation where there's just too many things, how do they pick? How do, How do you help them understand the importance of addressing each individual one and which one?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. And leaders, sometimes you're not going to know what to start with. And you know what? Th- that really is okay. But you need to get started. You need to go. You can't procrastinate. And if you want to kind of figure out, well, what is the what's the first thing if you are kind of anticipating, right? And, and you're like, well, how do I how do I start dealing with these things one by one? And because Amber, you're right. When we see one problem, it goes to another problem and then to another problem and to another problem. And then you're just thinking, well, every time I address a problem, it just gives me another problem. Yes, that's why you're in leadership, right? But the first thing is this. You have to realize that it's okay, that everything is gross and nasty and almost unfixable. But if you are a leader at some point and relatively quick, you need to change that thought process and start helping your team provide solutions for what is in front of you and what's in front of them. And of course, the biggest problems that we have are usually the ones that have been lingering for a while. Let's just face it. In fact, Brian Tracy has a great book, another book, right? And we just got, we got books all over the place today. He's got a book and it's called Eat That Frog. If you have not read Eat That Frog out there, leaders, you need to read Eat That Frog. It's about procrastination. So uh, if you haven't read it, stop procrastinating and read the book, right? (laughs) (laughs) But you need to start tackling this stuff in your life, in the lives of your team members, that are essential to get things done, to move your team to the next place where you need to go. Because when it comes to stuff that we don't wanna deal with, we're really good at procrastinating. I know that I am. And so that's why Eat That Frog was written. Brian Tracy says, if you got up in the morning and you you knew you had to eat a frog sometime during the day, would you wanna do it and get it out of the way? Or would you wanna wait and wait and wait and think about it all day and think about it all day? Well, as nasty and gross as it is, he's he's saying you kind of just want to get it over with. So leaders, what are the gross and, and nasty things and, and the tough things that you have to deal with that you have been procrastinating on? You need to get those things out of your life. You need to deal with them right now. There's a guy named Desmond Tutu, and I love that name, right? <laughs> and he once said this, there's only one way to eat an elephant, a bite at a time. And what he meant by this is that everything in life, you know, it's going to seem daunting, overwhelming, sometimes even impossible to accomplish some of the things that are in front of you. But gradually, if you take your time to address one problem at a time, Amber, like you said, you're going to eventually get to the heart of the problem and you're you're going to start getting these things down to the core and you're going to make your team better. And so the problem with most people is that they try to tackle the entire problem at once. And for most of us, we just need to start, you know, eating that elephant one bite at a time, right? We need to break it down into those small pieces. And Cheryl Batchelder, Cheryl Batchel, who's one of uh, both of our favorite authors, right, Amber, she's got a great quote. And I know that this is one of your favorite quotes. And, and she says, If the team is not working on the real problems, they often make up work just to justify their existence. And you know what leaders, so many people out there and especially leaders are doing things instead of tackling the real problems, aren't, aren't a lot of people really just trying to justify their existence by tackling problems that don't even exist.
0: Yeah, busy work is absolutely the killer of being effective. It just it keeps you feeling busy. But then you realize we're not actually getting anywhere. And, you know, talking about procrastination, I have the opportunity to help my nephew, he's in second grade, to help him sometimes with his schoolwork. And, you know, it's like 15 minutes worth of schoolwork. But to a second grader, that's an eternity. And so trying to get this sweet kid to sit down and just get his homework done is so hard. And I I try to convince him buddy, if we could just focus, if we could put down the toys and we can just stay, you know, it's always like the lead breaks or I need a different eraser. There's always something.
1: <laughs> Smart kid.
0: Yes, I know. There's always some way to postpone or put off or procrastinate doing the actual work. And I just like, dude, we had we have done this from the beginning, we'd be done by now. But then I come home and then I look at, oh, there's that problem. Okay, then let me look at this one. Oh, let me look at this one. And then I then I find myself trying to do anything I can to stay busy instead of just diving in to the, the biggest problem so that I can tackle that, like you said, piece by piece and bite by bite. So I get it. It's tough out there, leaders, but we got to do it. And that's why we're here to learn and to grow. So Mo, once a leader anticipates a problem and they accept reality, what's the third thing that they need to do?
1: Yeah, the third and final thing that leaders can do today is this. Effective leaders apply the big picture. Leaders, you gotta be about the big picture out there. This is where leaders have a chance really to separate themselves from the pack. Meaning they need to learn what it means to view their team, not just in that situation, but in situations down the road. And Kevin Cobb always used to talk about this as the 30,000-foot view. And so we want to start elevating the view that we have of the problems that are facing our team and our companies. And with this 30,000-foot view, leaders, you give yourself a keen ability to know this, what's going on on the ground, but also what's going on at that higher level. And these kind of leaders, they think things out, and they think of all the different things that can be affecting the problem. And then they decide, how do we need to tackle these problems? And this is where experience and and intuition come into play. In fact, we talked about intuition in an earlier podcast because it's so important for the leader to both see what's going on, Amber, on the ground and also at a higher altitude.
0: Yeah, we did. We talked about it. And, you know, even when you and I first talked about intuition, it was a challenging topic. So if you haven't had a chance out there to listen to that episode, I would encourage you to do so. And if you have questions about it, or you need somebody to talk about it or bounce some ideas off of, then we'd love to have those conversations with you because that's what we do. And that's what we're here for. But Mo, talk to us a little bit more about applying the big picture and, and how that actually impacts the success of problem solving.
1: Yeah. I'd love to give you a great quote, Amber, and give our leaders a a, a quote from Dale Carnegie, uh, who is again, one of my favorite guys to go to when talking about problem solving. And he says this, when we're not engaged in thinking about some definite problem, we usually spend about 95% of our time thinking about ourselves and leaders. We've talked about this and talked about this. You cannot think about yourself. Your job is to think about your people who are all thinking about themselves. You're the one person on the team that can't be thinking about yourself. You need to have all your time and effort and energy spent on their problem solving and how to help them tackle those problems. And I would say that there are a lot of leaders out there, Amber, that think that they're doing a good job, but really they're probably just thinking about themselves. (laughs) They're thinking about keeping their job. They're thinking about getting the raise for themselves. They're thinking about the next big thing in their lives. And all that's good and fine. I mean, you do wanna move to the next level, obviously, but I always, always say that you have to wake up every morning ready to pour yourself out in the pursuit of adding value to others. I mean, that's what you do as a leader. That's, That's something that a leader and only a leader can do is focus on adding value, not just to yourself, but to your team, and ultimately to the company. And that's when you're gonna make yourself indispensable. You see, it's impossible to think about yourself and your people at the same time. You can only think of one or the other. You can think about yourself, or you can think about others. So really, Amber, the question is, what's best for your team? And when you start thinking that way, it's actually it's actually really humbling.
0: It really is. I mean, I think every conversation you and I have had has been about adding value to others. And to think about it, like we actually have the opportunity and the privilege to add value to others. like they, they, It's not just about being effective or productive, which is important, but they actually trust us to speak into their lives. We actually get the chance to think about them and put them first. And that's an, an incredible responsibility and it is really humbling that people would even choose to give us that opportunity. And it's definitely one that we should take seriously. So effective leaders anticipate problems, they accept reality, and they apply the big picture. And since this is such a rich and important topic, we'll actually be covering it again next week as we explore a little further, what do we do after we've applied these three preliminary actions to our leadership? What is it that we do next to take it to the next level? So you wanna make sure that you catch next week's episode as well. But before we go, Mo, any final thoughts for us today?
1: Yeah, Amber, I really love what you said about leadership being a privilege. Leaders, if you're not waking up every day and understanding that leading your people is a privilege and that you should be thinking about how to serve them, then I would really encourage you to go back and ask yourself, what can I do for my leaders today? Because they are looking to you. They are looking towards effective leadership. And so for those of you out there who call yourselves leaders, live in that and understand that you need to be putting more and more time in every day to understand what it means for you to be an effective leader. Well, that brings us
0: to the end of this episode. Thank you so much, everyone, for joining us here at the Rising Tide Leadership Podcast, and we will see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Rising Tide Leadership Podcast. Highlights and resource links are available for you in the show notes. We hope that you will join us next week as we continue on the leadership journey. Don't forget to like and subscribe so you don't miss out and share with others so they don't miss out. See you next week.